Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. So I was four years old when I wrote out the Great Alaska Earthquake 9.2 on the Richter scale. Hard to imagine 9.2 because with every point, it's something like compounded. I don't want to be wrong on this one. With every point, one, it's compounded exponentially. Hmm. And, uh, but... This quake that just happened overnight in Syria and Turkey is a whopper job. Boy, that's a big one. So 1,500 or 1,300? 1,300, yes. 1,300 deaths confirmed. That is just the beginning. When you lose um, in regions like that, just because of the lack of building codes and the like, this is the danger of high-level magnitude earthquakes is that you don't have rebar. You don't have good quality concrete. You don't have inspectors coming out in most of these places, seeing what's going on with the construction. So you got a lot of things going up, and they all look painted, and they all look the same as maybe any other place in the world, but they ain't the same. And a 7.8 earthquake is a rocker and a roller. So right now, God, people are hurting. Families are scared, devastated, lost loved ones. But, Lord, we know that you turn tragedy into a crazy triumph for some, and we don't know how. We don't know how you're working when crazy stuff happens like big magnitude earthquakes, but we're asking that your sovereign, mighty, powerful hand would be at work right now. We know we got brothers and sisters on the ground there. We know that Turkey in particular is the site of so much of the letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote. And we just ask, Lord, that in this region that has been bombarded now for centuries, millennia, with earthquakes, God, that you would rebuild them, but rebuild them in a soulish way from the inside out too. And comfort the grieving, God, and allow them to experience your power. I don't know how your wind blows in the middle of an earthquake and natural disaster, but God, you do. We're asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, I'm looking at pictures coming in here because it's daylight over there now. This is a bad deal, guys. This is a bad deal. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Highways are pancaked on each other. High rises pancaked. This is going to take a long time to dig out of. Earthquakes are scary. First memory I have in life is is that 9.2 earthquake. Well, when people <laughs> ask what's the first thing you remember in life. Mine is standing in front of a house watching birch trees that are 40 feet tall touch the ground here, touch the ground here Hmm. as they swung from one side to another. Left to right, yeah. And you don't have any perspective when you're four years old like, why is the ground opening up in front of me? Wow. (laughs) It's a weird deal, man. Absolutely. I think the problem wasn't that the ground was opening up in front of me because it did in the middle of our driveway and two two and a half stories of masonry fireplace just crumbled to the ground. I think the bigger problem was when you got a mom and dad who are supposed to be your ballast Mm. that are not, you know, have their total wits about them. Yeah. That's what what gets Mm. you going. So a lot of devastation going on around the world in so many ways every day. But this is a tough one, guys. Let's be in prayer for Turkey and Syria. Mm -hmm. We're talking uh, all week long about 
Bible truths that will actually change us. I think, uh, I mean, the whole Bible can change you. It's all inspired by God. But sometimes it's good to be caught either off guard by one that's like, oh, haven't seen that before. Or reminded of those core central truths that Absolutely. are like, oh, man, we got to do that. So even tomorrow we're going to be looking at why we can look at trials differently when we're in Jesus Christ. And that's going to be timely. Uh, but today we're talking about the power of mumbling, the power of speaking, the power of really reclaiming meditation for what it is. So tell you what I want to do. I want to go and I want to take this from the top because I've had a lot of people in the past couple of months since I've really been drilling down on this going, huh? What's that again? You got to be kidding me. Meditation doesn't have anything really to do with what's going on inside our mind. It has to do with what's coming off our lips. Yeah. It's a cool twist. It's a cool. It is. It's a plot twist and a half. You have to admit that. Absolutely. So there's a classic case in point. We take a uh, Eastern meditation and we superimpose it. We actually try to define biblical meditation through the eyes of Eastern meditation. And guess what? It don't work. It does not work like that. At all. So come on. Coming up here, we're going to break it down for you guys. This is Elevation Worship. It's called Rattle. Allie, you ready to rumble? I think so. Allie found something out in the parking lot this morning. We'll tell you about that coming up as well. (laughs) Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You don't often think about success and prosperity. That is the fruit of those who mumble. You don't think of mumbling will produce success and prosperity. Or that your leaf never never withers and all that you do prospers. You don't normally think about, oh yeah, be a mumbler and you too will have success. But that's exactly what the scriptures say. Not kidding, Boom Crew, not kidding. This is one of these weeks that we're going to be talking about the scriptures can change you. Yes, they can. And we're trying to get you the ones that like shock jockey a little bit, like this one does. And there's very few people that have a handle on this one. Very few. I've known just a couple. I was shocked to see the Moody Bible commentary had this one squared away. But most of the time when you hear the word meditation, what do you think? Come on, let's go. I mean, let's be honest. When I think of meditation, I think of like a, a yoga class yep. and yep. everybody's kind of sitting with their legs crossed on the floor right. and and kind of doing little noises. Yeah, and, that's what we think. What else yeah, do we think about, Eastern guys? Eastern mysticism, mis- that kind of thing. Mysticism. There we go. See, it's so mystic, you can't <laughs> I, even say I, the word. I'm telling you, it's early. Yeah, but what else do we think about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they they basically covered it. It's that, it's very Eastern mysticism. It's, you know, silent, uh, maybe a couple noises, the, the, the little chants and stuff you do so in the indian culture i've got a dear friend my right hand man jit christopher he's big time cautious on anything like yoga and stuff like that Mm -hmm. why would he be because culturally it's got all kinds of demonic attachments absolutely so he's like i'm out on this stuff and he's not a legalist and he understands all the nuances to it but there's some sensitivities when you're raised in a culture, by the way, that should teach us. We need to be sensitive to other people's cultural yeah. issues, right? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Like convictions and all that. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a different thing in Eastern culture than it is in Western culture. Right. Western culture, it's for stretching and for, you know, maybe calming down from some anxiety at a time. Right. But there's a very heavy 
spiritual and not a good spiritual sense to yoga in Eastern cultures. Yeah, and I think sometimes we can, by the way, you can unknowingly get sucked into stupid things. Sure, absolutely. So you need to be careful. It doesn't mean that you're freaking out, but you need to be careful. But here's the funny thing about the word meditation. The English word for meditation that comes from the Bible has absolutely little to do, if anything at all, with a reflection of Eastern meditation. Okay. Eastern meditation is a call to you. In fact, Ajit was sharing this with our church family um, when I was talking about this topic. It has to do with emptying your minds. Mm-hmm. Ajit went to a school that every morning they had to empty their minds. Interesting. Yeah. And he said that they would, he had ways to kind of spiritually combat that, as it were. But in his school, he was called, they had to start their day by emptying their minds. Well, God doesn't say to empty our minds. And a lot of people just go, well, the answer to that, biblical meditation is to fill your minds with truth. Not the answer. It's not the answer. It's not what the word says. The Hebrew word is dakah. And this word meditate most predominantly means mutter, speak, sing. You go on and on, and it has almost nothing to do with what you're thinking about. It has everything to do with what you're talking about. I'll prove it to you. This is really interesting. So I did a deep dive on this a couple of months ago, and I was I was shocked. I was so shocked I did a power word study on this going, hold it, hold it, hold it. Have you ever done one of those before where yeah. you're like, whoa, 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 whoa? And I'm ducking around all over the place. Um, let me just take you here to what the Moody Bible Commentary says, because when I was looking at this early this morning, I was shocked. I'm like, there we go. I hadn't even looked at the Moody Bible Commentary. Now, whoever did the study of Joshua, and Michael Rydelnik, if you're listening right now, I need you to text me and tell me who did this, because they did a good job. Joshua chapter 1. There's some instructions here. This book of uh, This book of instruction, this is on the commentary on verse 8 and 9. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night. Um, the NC, this is a commentary. The NCSB translators have chosen the word instruction for the Hebrew word Torah, which is the Hebrew word for Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. It is a word more related to teaching, instruction, or doctrine than to the law. So, let me let me just say this. The book of the law must not depart from your mouth. We get an indication of what meditation is just by that state. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what's God saying? He's don't, saying don't stop speaking out the word. Right. Which is huge, isn't it? I mean. Absolutely. Don't it let it depart from your mouth. Yeah. It's a then, big deal. Then we've got semicolon then meditate on it day and night. Well, how is meditation related to it? Listen to this. The instruction is to be recited. A Westerner might think of meditation as something silent in the mind. A growing consensus of Hebrew scholars considers meditation musing out loud. Unlike a repetition of a mantra as in Eastern thought, it is a recitation of propositional revelation. Whoa. Meditation, biblically... The Hebrew word here is decha. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Better translated, speak it out off your lips day and night. So 
What would that look like? Speaking it out. Is that like reading scripture aloud regularly, memorizing it and love your, saying I'm, it to yourself? Love the fact that you're saying this. First off, praise God for Bluetooth era that we're in. Because I've seen people all the time walking around and I think, oh, are they trying to talk to me? Oh, no. They're, that's right. They're on the phone. Yeah. You ever had that happen <laughs> oh, before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're kind of looking at you for and they're sure. talking, but they're just glancing. They're looking through you. Yes. As they right. talk to someone on the phone. Yeah. Yep. Coming up here in a moment, uh, we're going to talk about how this works practically and and a model of it that is seen. I mean, there are people that do this better than us that don't even know Christ. Let's hmm. put it that way. Okay. The biblical model for how to do this by those that don't even know Christ that are a model for us. That's coming up straight ahead. Anyone else love this topic? This is fascinating. I mean, this is just one of those good ones. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, this whole week, guys, we're going to do something fun. And by the way, we're not trying to dazzle you or anything like that. Come on, let's just be humble enough to say that every once in a while we stumble on something that urban myth has kind of grooved a swing of something that we need to correct. This happens from time to time. I mean... You know, when when you talk where two or three are gathered, their God is in their midst. Now, I need you to know something. When two or three are gathered, God is always there. But what's spoken of specifically in that passage is actually dealing with church discipline. It's not dealing with the power of God in prayer. So there's things like that that we run into in Scripture. It's like, whoa, hold on here a second now. Um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I mean, that has nothing to do with salvation. That's a that's a backslidden Christian or group of Christians that Jesus is saying, you kick me out of the church, and I want back in again. So can it be used to save someone? Yeah, God uses donkeys to speak, man. So guess what? He can use anything, right? God oh, yeah. can use anything. But this passage in particular that we're looking at here today is profound because Meditation biblically doesn't mean what we often say it means. And this is one of these words that is just, it's easy to go to and go, oh, well, we've got to do Eastern meditation better. No, we've got to go to the Bible and go, what was meditation? The Hebrew word is decha. It means to speak aloud, to mutter, to murmur, to sing, to yell. I mean, Mm -hmm. but it's always an audible issue. In fact, I hadn't even noticed this until recent study on this thing, but I looked in here and I just whipped this open. Unlike the repetition in, uh, let me see here, where are we at here? Oh, this this instruction, this is out of Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Meditate on the Lord. Uh, how does that word? I'm all over the map. What are you I get looking every at for book. Joshua 1? Give me, get, uh, give me 8, verse yeah. 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. This is the commentator, uh, commentator out of uh, Moody Bible Commentary. The instruction is to be recited. A Westerner might think of meditation as something silent in the mind. A growing consensus of Hebrew scholars considers meditation musing out loud. Unlike the repetition of a mantra in the Eastern thought, it is a recitation of propositional revelation. 
recitation. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Speak it out. Okay, best illustration I have of this, and then we're going to roll and we'll talk about it on the other side of this break. When I was in Jerusalem, we went to the Western Wall, and I had a huge aha moment. I saw all these rabbinical Jewish men chanting the word of God, not letting it depart from their mouth. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I checked with Omer Eshel. And what they're doing is living out the call of God in Psalm 1 and in Joshua 1. They are chanting. Now, they don't see Jesus as Messiah. Right. But they do see the commandments of God to be lived out. What they're doing at the Western Wall is meditation. Hmm. All you hear is chanting of the word. Open wide ye gates that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty, mighty in battle. Open wide ye gates that the King. Now they're doing it in Hebrew, not in English. Right. But what they're doing is chanting the word of God. Murmuring, muttering the word of God. Hmm. How fascinating is that? That's fascinating. So it's... <laughs> It's tough to get your mind around what that would look like. Do um, do we walk around chanting in to be obedient to this? Well, I I don't think it's a matter of obedience to it. I think it's a matter of having the fruit of the spoken word enforce the reality of something that you need to know and live out in your life. So coming up here in a moment, um, I'll tell you how I've been practicing this over the last week and a half. Okay. All right. And then we'll talk about how this might help us because – if we take what it says, then we've got to go, okay, no matter, this is what I titled today, you might look crazy, but you'll live powerfully. <laughs> okay. okay, I like it. So we got to talk about that. Coming up. Get to know the team behind the scenes. Check out Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, guys, uh, so what did Allie see coming out of the parking lot? What did you see today, Allie? Well, um, Jonathan and I landed in the parking garage at the same time, so we were walking, and all of a sudden, Jonathan goes very calmly. He goes, just so you're aware, to your left, there's a dead rat. Oh, he was so kind. He was so kind, because I, if I would have kind of kept walking, right. I might very well have stepped on the little... He was sleeping. Ooh. Well, I was trying not he to freak sleeping. you out. He said it's so calmly. It's called a dirt nap. And of course, I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I you made did. all these crazy noises and body movements, because I, oh, rats just... I can't. It looked like at first you were scared I was going because I, I hadn't finished. I was trying to do the qualifying thing. So it took me a, like a little longer to get it out of my mouth because I was not trying to freak you out. So I it kind of looked like you were reacting to there was a live rat coming your way. Well, I heard rat and that's enough to make yeah. me oh, get the shivers. It was just it was the t- a little baby rat yeah. just lying yeah. there dead on the well, sidewalk. So I, first I thought, oh, because I came earlier. You know, I was walking over earlier and I thought, is it? Just ready to pounce, or <laughs> no? It's super still. So mm, yeah. yeah. Well, the funny yeah. thing is, you I never see rats still. They're yeah. always that's true. In They're motion. always on the move. They're, They're always in motion at full speed. Okay. Usually. They're always running and darting into things and oh, well, running see, and darting. Did you no, see what just, the institute's <laughs> doing here now? Yeah. Is they're putting that metal mesh over the soil? So the rats can't burrow. No more rat condos. No more rat condos. We had a little rat hotel right outside. Yep. (laughs) We did. (laughs) 
Well, guys, we're getting back at it here today, and we've got a lot of texts coming in going, what in the world are you talking about here? In fact, someone just said, you just said, don't let the, first off, I didn't say it. God did to Joshua. It's in Joshua 1.8. You just said, don't let it depart from your mouth, then speak it. What? So it it's, this is use of language in a powerful way. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth, colon, you are to recite it day and night. That's basically what it says in the mm-hmm. if you're looking at a real translation. That's the out of this commentary, the that's the H C S B. How would I explain that? It's not a double entendre. It's a um where's another place that we use that kind of idiom? Where I'm, it says don't depart from your mouth. It's not saying don't speak, it's saying don't stop letting don't let the words of God depart from your mouth. In other words, that's the portal yeah. of these words. Mm-hmm. Don't let that stop happening. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, basically. And then it's and then it's emphasizing it even further by saying meditate on it day and night. If you understand Daka. Yes. That because, Hebrew word, which is to speak out. Yes. So if you so it makes less sense. In fact, yeah, it would make the former sense, which is, oh, don't speak it out, if meditate means trapped in the mind. Right. But the Hebrew word meditation has been one of the biggest misses. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a fair statement to say, but it's got to be up there, top quartile, of misinterpretations that we have in the scriptures. As yeah. a matter of fact, a growing consensus of Hebrew scholars considers meditation musing out loud. And this is what it means. When I started to do a deep dive on meditation, because we're, we're in this series at a church called Below the Waterline, Unseen Things That Change Everything. And so we're going through spiritual disciplines, and I wanted to get into meditation. And I had seen this, I want to say, a couple, three years ago. And I remember having this Shazam moment <laughs> where it's like, hold it a second, because everything you hear, And by the way, most devotionals will say, because they'll take it at face value, meditation means an exercise in the mind, because no one ever talks about it being mumbling or shouting or singing. Right. And they'll say, okay, well, we don't want to do it like it happens in Eastern mysticism. So what you do is you don't empty your mind, you fill it with truth. And they go, wow, made that devotional, got that out there. Problem is, that's not what the Hebrew word means. And certainly filling your mind with the truth of God's word is all over Scripture. Everywhere. So it's, Everywhere. it's not as if that's not the correct thing to be doing. No, doing it is great. But meditation is speaking, not filling your mind. So we find filling your mind all over the place. Colossians 3 of uh, Set your the mind biggest on one. things above. Yeah, that's um, Colossians. That that's on that's Colossians three. And then you go to Romans twelve. You got mind exercises there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's any, everywhere. If anything is good, lovely, pure, righteous, think on these things. Philippians four. Yeah, yeah. So you got. I mean, it's all over the place. So you're right, Allie. This this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't mean. Stop the presses. No more thinking (laughs) truth. No more filling your mind with truth. And let's be this practical. You can't do biblical meditation the way God intended. Unless your mind. You got to have something in your mind. Right. So this is like the step two. Yeah. Fill your mind with truth and then you speak it out. Yeah. A a good example for this is one thing, a, a passage of scripture I use to help with anxiety is that the, the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. Uh, it is really good for me to have that in my mind, but I notice 
that if I'm just sitting in a quiet room and I'm thinking about that, that my mind is often cluttered with other things still kind of coming in as well. Boom. Boom. Don't don't give it away. Okay. Hold on to that thought. Turkey almost gave away the (laughs) punchline. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. All right. Now, this is exciting, guys. Why is this so exciting? It's exciting because I think that this helps us unlock a greater way to connect with God and feel his strength. I think it is a hidden discipline that we have neglected to our own peril. Absolutely. I think spiritual success and fruitfulness. And by the way, could I say leaves not withering in your life? Because in Psalm, my favorite Psalm, verses one through three, meditate on it day and night. Dacha is the same Hebrew word. There's three different words predominantly used for meditation. All three indicate verb- verbality, as it were. Mm-hmm. But this is <laughs> this is so cool. Coming up here in a moment, Young Thunder is going to share this. This is one of those rare occasions where you go, where your mind's kind of like, it's, hold it here a second. Yeah. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to double down with Young Thunder. Coming up here in a minute and a half. I'm going to tell you right now, my wife and I have prescribed for people to do this very thing when they're really battling getting out of something. And we'll explain all that coming up. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. This is one of those topics that sometimes when you get it, you're like, hold it. Wait a second. Some people have a joy of, oh, wow, what a cool thing to learn. Others are like, hold it. I feel ripped off for like 20 years or 40 or 50. Uh, Meditation as we've known it is not as it is. Meditation in the scriptures, the predominant word used for meditation that we look in some of the hallmark passages like Joshua 1.8 and uh, it's actually Psalm 1, verse 2. Um, you know, don't hang out with fools, mockers, and scoffers. Blessed is the man who doesn't do that. But he meditates on the law don't, day and night. it, speaks it out. Because he will be, his life is going to be like a tree planted by streams of living water. Man, all he does is going to prosper and his leaves never wither. Well, don't you want that? Well, then you got to look back and go, well, what's the spiritual discipline that gave him victory? Let me frame it this way before we go any further. We, in a, we are in a world of destructive messaging. And what we're thinking about and what we really believe in our minds is going to get walked out in our life. Just straight up is. What you think about this morning is going to get walked out in your life today. If you think you're a loser, I hate to say it, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. As a pastor, I don't want you to think like a loser. I want you to think as you are, a child of the king, one who's loved, cherished, designed to bear fruit, irrevocably called by God. Nothing can snatch snatch you from his hand. I want you thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. So what's rattling around in our head will get lived out in our life. If you see it, this is why a parent is so jealous to help a kid that's thinking wrongly because a kid that thinks wrongly often just cavitates into a spiral, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. So our heavenly father wants us thinking rightly. Absolutely. Well, You said something really powerful before we went on a break. Yeah. What did you say? So I said that when I struggle with anxiety, the verse that I tend to go back to for myself is that the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. If I am sitting in a quiet room and I'm thinking 
about that verse. It's a good thing. However, I often still get cluttered in my mind with other things that are coming in around There's 40 other thoughts going on, including the 49ers score and whether Brock Purdy is going to come back. (laughs) No, seriously, let's get honest. And you're not wrong about that. But when I speak that out, I find that my mind is much more focused because I am utilizing another part of my body to kind of come in tandem with that. So when my mouth speaks it out, my mind is much more concentrated. I just found out there's a a researcher from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and he calls this a feedback hypothesis. There's scientific study on this. Um, Everything that's biblical, by the way, is supported by science. Absolutely. And this is another example of that. He said that he asked subjects to go through a stack of photographs to uh, look for a specific object. And he found out that the people who spoke out loud the images they saw processed faster and found what they were looking for much faster. He also did a study with athletes that would talk to themselves and affirm themselves out loud rather than those who didn't say anything. You're you're stealing my outline. Oh, did I? Don't give it yet. Okay. Don't give it yet. Because okay. I, I cited four weeks ago in a message on meditation, a study on athletics, yeah. ba- basketball in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cite it yet, okay. you turkey. Well, <laughs> he's giving away my punchline because science, all it does, all science does, if it's good science, it's kind of like archaeological digs. Absolutely. Out of the 5,000 empirical data things that they have, manuscripts and coins from Israel, none mm-hmm. of them contradict the scripture. Absolutely. And I'll actually coming up here in a moment, Young Thunder, I'm going to let you share that because it's I one of it. the coolest studies going. Now, we're kind of blowing circuits here today. I promised that I would share this, so I'm just going to tell you this right now. My bride and I, with the teaching of Neil Anderson, who I don't know that he ever, I don't know that he ever explained Dacha, but he said that the way you deal when you're coming out of bondage to anything, the way you deal with this is by audibleizing the word of God and speaking out to Satan and demonic forces. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Get out of here. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now, Young Thunder's right. When you just think that, it's, it's thrown in with tons of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you speak it, something happens. Absolutely. I got a text I'll share with you coming up. Uh, it's from my health care worker. And so this is fascinating. I didn't realize, but this is exactly what I've been doing. Oh, really? I just didn't have a name for it. Okay. I'll tell you. It's called meditation, everyone. <laughs> well, this is a health care worker who's been doing this Isn't for a this while. Cool? I'll, I'll give you the rest of the story coming up. All right. Young Thunder is such a stinking good researcher. He found my message <laughs> notes, you turkey. Sorry. So good. Did you find the study of three different groups of basketball players? Uh, I don't have a long, drawn-out thing of it. I just know it's from the Procadia so- Social and Behavioral Sciences study. Okay. This is going to blow your mind, guys. You crack me up, Young Thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. This is coming up straight ahead. Boom Crew. Celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. Okay, I'm going to jump on this right now. So somebody's having fun here going. So the takeaways is I'm not crazy when I talk to myself and trash talking in sports is self-encouragement. LOL. No. <laughs> um, this, is, this is where it gets dicey. Yeah. Because it, what is a lie? A lie is nothing but the truth with the twist at the end. Satan is masterful at this. And so Ali brought up something to me, and it's true. Um, there's a lot of talk nowadays about positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah. That's uh, trash. 
this is this is not what God's proposing in the Word is positive self talk. He's he's talking about scriptural mm-hmm. self talk, Word of God talk, yeah. and it's powerful. All right, let's break it down. We promised to get to this because Young Thunder was stealing my illustration from a few Sundays ago. Sorry. Give it to us. No, don't apologize. <laughs> I'm, ra- I'm so proud of you digging that fast on this. Okay, what did you find out? Uh, so I found out this is from the Procadia Social and Behavioral Sciences study that they studied basketball players. And they looked at them, and it was players who uttered motivational affirmations to themselves. Now, obviously, we just gave that, that uh, caveat that we're talking about muttering out the word of God. But these people who were speaking to themselves while they were playing uh, on paper played significantly better than those who stayed silent and tried to play, remind themselves of the technique, all those types of things. Yeah. They, they played better than those who tried to do that in their mind rather than those who spoke it out. Yeah, this is. And, and by the way, here's what's cool, guys. Science, good science always proves the word of God. Yes. And here we've got it again. I mean, it's one of the coolest things on the planet, guys. The Hebrew word decha, meditate on the law. This is why you don't let it depart from your mouth, because you're to recite it day and night. Recite it. This is right out of the Moody Bible commentary that is citing HCSB translators. And they go on to say this, and, and this is true. A growing consensus of Hebrew scholars considers meditation musing out loud, unlike the repetition of a mantra, as in Eastern thought, it is the recitation of propositional revelation. Now, what does that mean? God gives us truth, and the way for us to get it into our life and to have, you take Joshua 1, 8 and 9, take it at its word. If you want spiritual success and spiritual prosperity, it might look a little crazy, but you'll live powerfully. <laughs> you will. We got a text message from someone who said, this is fascinating. I didn't realize that I was meditating already per se. I thought I was claiming promises during an especially challenging time at work. Mm. I spent months walking into work, preparing for a difficult day, reciting and claiming various verses and promises of God and asking for his power for my day. I couldn't do it without him. He gave me success after those months in ways I never could have had without him and his provision. I'm in healthcare. I have to wear a mask, so I actually find this relatively easy to do. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love That's that. awesome. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, guys, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to find a truth of God's word. In fact, I did this with our church. I said, I want you to find, I put up a series, probably 15 central passages of scripture, and I said, I want you to pick one, and for seven days, I want you to repeat this out loud, over and over and over again. I don't know how many did, but I know this, according to God's word, if you do it, it's going to change things. Now, coming up here uh, after the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you I've been experimenting with this. Is it okay to experiment biblically? I think so. It absolutely is. As long as biblically is at the end of the word, then yeah. <laughs> Good point. But I'm, I'm going I'm to share this with you, and I'm going to tell you that Young Thunder's challenge is solved by this and young thunder's challenge is all of our challenges mm-hmm. but i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you a little report back about something that's been going on in my life and i can't wait to tell you about it meditation god's way this is fun it's isn't good. it guys yeah oh, it's great it's just fun hang on we'll talk about it coming up your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race we're carl and crew mornings all right guys 
We're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this, but we'll figure it out. We're, I'm going to get you a YouTube clip of this message that I preach. We're also going to get you um, a link to possibly that study. Um, oh, my goodness. All it's right. Stuff. Here's the cool thing. This is really cool because we have bumped a cup here, and this is not a cup of sin. This is a cup of understanding. And what's come out is people are going, oh, my goodness. I always thought biblical meditation was filling your mind with God's truth. That's generally what is taught. Mm -hmm. And that's why people react to Eastern meditation, which is emptying your mind of anything, thereby opening yourself up to Satan's influence. That's in a concise encapsulation of modern day thought. That's what we consider it to be. That if you empty your mind, you're opening yourself up to Satan. So the counteract, the biblical meditation is to fill your mind with truth. Okay. Time out. What if I told you? that that is not what biblical meditation meant. However, in order to biblically meditate, you have to have your mind filled with truth. But it's so much more than just filling your mind with truth because you can get stuck, just like Young Thunder said. Mm -hmm. you, get, you can say, yeah, okay, I'm going to get this truth round and round in my mind. The problem yeah. is it's on a hamster wheel with 40 other thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <So> my, <laughs> one of my biggest struggles is keeping my mind quiet when I'm just thinking things. So I can be thinking God's truth, but I can't always control or stop other thoughts from just floating their way in. And it, it's a difficulty. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the one thing, so if, if you're going to stay up on this high ridge of biblical meditation, what does it look like? It's audible. The Hebrew word dakah means to speak, to mumble, to mutter. You go to the Western Wall in Jerusalem, guess what? You find rabbinical Jews uttering, mumbling God's word. Now, they don't know Jesus as Messiah, yeah. but they're standing there trying to fulfill God's call on their life. That's they're, why they're there. They're living out what the Old Testament That's says exactly at the very least. That's right. yeah, Absolutely. They're living out Joshua 1.8. They're living out Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And these hallmark passages that we see as super important, mm -hmm. yeah, well, they do too. So they're speaking it out because they got a better understanding of biblical meditation. Now, what would happen if we began to biblically meditate? Biblically meditate. Might you strike a blow to stuff that is holding you back from breakthrough? Might you realize spiritual prosperity like you never have before? If I'm going to take God's word at its face value, meditation is linked to prosperity and spiritual success. Now hear me, I'm not talking Tesla. I'm not talking you get your, you know, whatever I'm not talking earthly. I'm talking about spiritual prosperity and success is directly linked in both Joshua 1.8 and in Psalm 1.2 to meditation. So what would happen if we started speaking out audibly the words that we need to get breakthrough in our life? Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, we won't get them all in right now, but we're going to get there. All right. Cat Daddy, yeah. what you got, Young Thunder? Give me, uh, we're talking about biblical meditation, which is the Hebrew word dacha. There's actually three Hebrew words that dominate it, but dacha is the most commonly used word for meditation. And it means to utter, to speak, to mumble, 
powerful stuff here. Take it away. Yeah, this isn't this isn't too short, but it isn't too long either. This okay. is I find it helpful if you uh, you've made mistakes like everybody, but they're really weighing down on you, and you just feel like uh, you know what does God even forgive me? Does He love me? This is First John two one through two. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Okay, here's what I want you to do now. I want you to take that and I want you to personalize that truth and speak it out like you're talking it back out to, let's say you're speaking it out as Jesus did in the wilderness. You're speaking it back to Satan who's trying to pound you with shame and contempt. Okay. I may sin, but I have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is my substitute for my sin, and not only for mine, but also for everyone in the world. Woo! Woo! And then you read that one again, you say it out loud. Again, with even, and, and there's something about just speaking it out. And by yep. the way, I was going to mention this, but somebody in the Boom Crew nailed it. When Jesus was tempted, by the way, what was he tempted by? He was tempted by a verbalized twist of the words of God. Yeah. What were Adam and Eve tempted by? A verbalized twist of the words of of God. Yeah. What did Jesus answer verbalized twist of the words of God with? A non-twisted version of the word of God. Boom! And what did he do? And he he had the strength. Did he think them in his mind? No, he spoke those out. He spoke them out. Gave him strength. And we're trying to beat off Satan with little mind games. It's like, we got a wiffle ball bat, and he's got a hard ball. Wow. Yeah. I'm serious about this. Yeah. No joke. Coming up, we'll get into some more of this, guys. This is a lot of fun here. You've got testimony on this one where you've verbalized the word of God and gotten victory, spiritual success. Give us a call, 312-274-9624. Don't miss out on all the fun. Keep up with Carl and Crew mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K. All right, uh, we're in the middle of it here today, guys. We're in one of these mind-blowing things. That little emoji where the mind goes, boom. Oh, yeah. As I was was studying this one, I'm like, boy, that's the emoji I had going around in my head. Break it down, Allie. Where are we at here? Well, when you think about meditating on Scripture, if you're like me, you probably think, okay, that means I fill my mind with the Word of God, that I think about God's Word. That's a good thing to do, but... What if we were to tell you that meditating is so much more about than just thinking about the word of God, that there's a next step, there's a next level to it, that meditate actually means it coming out of your mouth, not it sticking in your mind and you calling it up, that you're actually verbalizing it. How do we know this? Let's go to Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditation is linked to verbalizing the word, the truth of God. The Hebrew word is dekha. It doesn't even mean to think. Now you have to think to dekha because how in the world can you verbalize what you've not thought about? Right. But that's a momentary discipline for the real discipline of meditation, which is verbalizing the word of God. Now, we've been having fun with this one here. We're going to get to Super Die and Allie here in just a moment. But let's bring in Trish. Trish, you uh, you exercised this recently. Tell us about it. I exercise it all the time. I try to have a, a spiritual arsenal of, of God's word in my heart um, for these times. But um, when I had to go to the doctor, 
And I was very nervous. I and just was, you know, blood pressure, all this. I just was nervous. And so I said to the Lord, I said, in your word, you say, be careful for nothing. And I said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to you. And I'm supposed to let my, my request be made known to you. And then your peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard my heart and mind in your son, Jesus. And I said, and I know this is what your word says. So I believe it. And if I pray out to you and talk to you and, and give it to you, you will give me that peace. And that peace came. So. Yeah. And Trish, that is dynamite. Sister, thank you so much for calling in. Here's what's amazing about this. When you think about it, I want to go back to this again, Young Thunder. When you think about it, it's in a thought process with mm-hmm. everything from, boy, egg prices are going up to I got to get the kids to school over here to everything under the sun. Yeah. When you're verbalizing something, have you ever noticed that if someone interrupts you, you know it because it's like, whoa, somebody interrupted me. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking about something, those thoughts get interrupted all the time. They absolutely do. Yeah, all the time. But when you include your mouth as a part of the process, it really does quiet all the extra voices inside. It's almost like not giving your mind the space to sway. And when we when we meditate, biblically meditate, which is speaking out the word of God The promise is there's going to be spiritual success and spiritual prosperity. And all I'm saying is, let's take it to the bank. Yes. Let's go cash this check. It's a promise. It is. It is. So if you've been thinking, maybe even memorizing a lot of scripture, take that next step and actually speak it out. I want you to exercise one right now. Do you have one loaded up? I do. Okay. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If you're like me and you battle fear, uh, lots of different areas, I'm just looking up verses on fear and thinking about what if I'm walking around saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? Yes, yes, yes. I don't have anyone to fear. Why? God, you're the stronghold of my life. You're the light and my salvation. I won't be afraid. It's not a stretch, is it, Allie, for you to imagine the discipline of audibilizing this thing. By the way, with a little mustard to it. Yeah. Because when you audibly talk to a friend, you put mustard on different emphases, right? Yes. Absolutely. Just imagine the difference between, okay, I've got that word in my mind. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Now I'm going to go out into the world. What if you're in the middle of the moment and you go... There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You just got ripped by, you tell your kids that they're getting ripped by friends. No, you go around a corner, find a quiet place, and you tell them, you speak out to Satan. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Not nakedness, not famine, not hardship, not sword. No. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my mm-hmm. Lord. What do you feel when you say that right now? Because oh, you just did. It's, it's, it's world's diff. This is revolutionary. Yeah, it is. This is revolutionary. And I think Allie hit something profound. When did we stop reading aloud the word of God in church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... And by the way, why do you do congregational reading aloud? Maybe, just maybe, 
the way back in the day, somebody remembered that Dacha meant speaking aloud the word of God. And again, I'm going to go back to this. Apologize not. Some of you are like, "Ah, I'm not a good reader of the Bible. Okay, go for oral tradition because the vast majority of the world did for years and it served them well. And my wife, she's a big one on Dwell App. And then I hear Nancy uh, Wogamuth. Nancy DeMoss Wogamuth. I mess up her name so many times. Uh, But Nancy just laid it out. She's, I heard her the other day. She's going, yeah, I have this dwell app and I'll repeat these same scriptures and let it speak over me over and over and over again. And she says, it's just super helpful. Mm, wow. Maybe you get a dwell app going and you just recite along with that bad boy. Cause coming out of your mouth is a powerful thing. Good question that just came in. We can tackle this one coming up. Uh, Someone says, how do we know that speaking scripture is not just like speaking an incantation or hopeful thinking? How do we know it really changes our life and it's not just some sort of name it, claim it kind of thing? Oh, got a direct answer to that coming up minute and a half. Get to know the team behind the scenes. Check out Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Getting some good feedback here, guys. Okay, somebody said, this is fascinating, two exclamation points. Why have we not known this long ago? I don't know. I don't know. When I, when I did a word study on the on the word meditation, I had to do double takes on this. I was scrambling. You Can, can you imagine Carl sitting at home doing a word <laughs> study on this thing going? I can. What? You can, can you see me oh, doing yeah, this? Absolutely. Going, hold it here. Hold it here. Whoa. Um, You mean to tell me meditation isn't the opposite of Eastern meditation? Biblical meditation is audibly speaking out the word of God, not just getting truth in your mind? Yeah, that's what it is. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness audibly by Satan. What did Jesus do? Spoke the word of God. Spoke the word of God. He didn't think it. Mm-hmm. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to battle Satan by having the right thoughts in our mind. Well, you, you're trying to get me with that. Well, I'm thinking something different. Yeah. Well, what if we speak it out? And I've been experimenting with this on my own. You might say spiritually experiment. Yeah, it's a healthy thing to do. It is. Somebody else has a great statement here. A funny thought. Quote, name it and claim it, end quote, works when we're naming and claiming what we have already been given in Christ. I love it. <laughs> yeah, good, good observation. Yeah. You, you are not manifesting to speak the promises of God because he has told you they are yours. Yeah. You're just taking what is true and you're holding tight to it. Uh, watch this. Allie, give it to us, sister. Yeah, either yeah, a verse that I'm going to be speaking out. <laughs> Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's Psalm 27, 1. It's a good one to commit not just to memory, but to commit to speaking out if you struggle with fear or anxiety. Right on, Allie. Superdye, you got one in there? I do. Romans eight thirty one. If God is for us, then who's against us? Do you have the broader context of that up yet? Yep, I can bring that up. Yep. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any change against those whom God has chosen? 
It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I mean, and you can personalize this truth and go, you know, this condemnation that I'm feeling in my mind, Satan, I'm not going to take this right now because this is what the word of God says. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not nakedness, not famine, not hardship, not sword. None of these things can separate me from God's love. You just go packing right now. I am not taking that today in the name of Jesus. You know, we just got a text that points to something that we haven't touched on this morning, but I think is really important, that there is a spiritual battle that kind of keeps us not wanting to speak. And this person says, when I'm struggling with depression or negative thinking, it's so hard for me to open my mouth. It's like I'm a mute, like my lips are sealed shut, which just lets my soul slip deeper into the darkness of depression. Sometimes when I do open my mouth and speak a scripture and they compared it to who's the king from Lord of the Rings, King Theoden. Theoden, yes. Oh. Okay, that's the. They said it's like King Theoden from Lord of the Rings when Gandalf starts to speak freedom over his gray lifeless yes. being. Initially, Theoden stays zombied out and lifeless. That's me. It's hard to say the words, and initially I'm still a zombie, but I have some hope that if I keep doing it, maybe I can wake up and live again, especially during those dark moments. Yeah. There's a battle when it comes to actually speaking the word of God. Yeah. But b- breaking through those battle lines and speaking it out is radical. Some of you are wondering, like, where do we go here? Because I gave our church when I gave this message. I did a tag team message. We're, we're doing this whole series called Below the Waterline. I'm tag team teaching with Jit Christopher, my right-hand man. And he begins the message. I, I hand it to him. He begins it. And then I come back and I explain Deca and why we need to be speaking out the word of God. And then at the end, I bring up a Jit at the end of the message. And I have him explain why it's so much more than Eastern thought because he was raised in India and they were told to empty your mind. Well, here's what we've done when we see meditation. We go, oh, whoa, whoa, that opens you up to Satan. We need to be thinking the truth. No, biblical meditation is speaking it out. You want victory according to Joshua 1.8 and Psalm 1.2? You want success and prosperity? You want your leaf to not wither? Speak the word of God audibly. I think I titled the message, you might look crazy, but you'll get victory or something like that. I forget what I titled that message. But it's, we've got this resource for you. And yep, it's a message that I gave with Ajit Christopher a few weeks ago. I'm inviting you to come and get it right now. Just text the word speak to 312-274-9624. Speak to 312-274-9624. A lot of good feedback coming in right now, guys. Okay, um, coming up, Allie's got an assignment because we're going to double down on this one. We're going to be tackling this again tomorrow. So we're going to have people that weren't here today that are going to hear this and they're going to go, what? Why have we not heard this before? Like some are asking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, um, again, Moody Bible Commentary. Why have we not heard it before? Because we have taken the word meditation. And rather than looking at the original language, we've made assumptions. And the original language indicates, no, it involves audibly speaking out the word of God. We're going to break all this down, and Allie's got an assignment coming up. Again, the word speak to 312-274-9624. 
Just the word speak to 312-274-9624. We got circuits going, and it's good. Allie's got an assignment straight ahead. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, I don't want to give this in a vacuum, so Allie, take it away. Give us the cliff notes, sister, and then your assignment. Well, we've been talking all this morning about this word, meditate. You may have thought, as I did, that it means filling up your mind, and you have rejected this idea that we're emptying our mind like some sort of Eastern mysticism, but you've taken hold of the fact that filling your mind with the Word of God is a good way to meditate. Well, filling your mind with the Word of God is certainly great, and we see that all over Scripture, but the act of meditation is actually verbalizing or speaking out, reciting the word of God. That's what we see in Joshua 1.8. I'll read that to you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So the book of the law not departing from your mouth, that's what meditation is, speaking, verbalizing the word of God. Yeah, the Hebrew word is dekha. It's not only used here in Romans 1.8, it's also used in Psalm 1.2, where it says, don't hang out with fools, mockers, and scoffers, who, yep. by the way, talk nonsense. Yep. But walk alone, meditate on the word of God. By the way, going back to Romans 1, uh, excuse me, Joshua 1.8, something you said there just on me, Allie. Then you will be able to do all that is written in it, The ability, according to God, the ability for Joshua and us to do the word of God hinges on our ability to speak the word of God. We got an email from someone who wanted to comment on what we were talking about. They said, I've taught dance for about 10 years, and this is what I do. One of the things we teach people is that if you actually say it, your feet will do it. So I teach people to say the footwork, and as soon as they start saying it, it's almost like they automatically just do it. Not every time, but it's really a typical rule. It goes along with what you're saying, that if you speak something out, you actually do it. Yeah, and we've got science that proves this. Cliff notes on that one, Young Thunder. Yeah, basically, uh, they did multiple different studies. The first was they asked people to identify certain images through a stack of multiple, and the people who said each one out loud processed all the information faster than the people who looked at it silently. And then as well, they focused on basketball players, basketball players who talked to themselves while they were playing, both affirmationally and uh, instructionally. And those people performed way better than those who didn't say anything to themselves while they were playing. Guys, this is revolutionary. Somebody used that word, it, and it is. It is. And somebody just texted in, thank you, Carl and crew. I've been trying to help my son with bullying. And they go on to explain how speaking out these, imagine what this does for your kids. Mm -hmm. You're now equipping your kids to speak out the truth of God's word. This isn't like, of, you know, inspirational stuff that's on a poster board. This is the living word of God that according to 2 Timothy 3.16 is God-breathed and useful for instruction, for correction, for training in righteousness, audibly speaking the word of God out. Just as Jesus did to Satan in the wilderness, he audibly spoke it out. It's something powerful. Quick observation Young Thunder had in the first hour here was the problem with just thinking things is what? 
problem with just thinking things is my mind gets cluttered. When I'm anxious, I focus on the fact that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. When I'm sitting in a quiet room and I'm just trying to think about that, I've got tons of other thoughts that are distracting me and coming into my mind. But when I speak it out, my mind is focused. It's thinking about that one thing. That's something psychologists acknowledge as well, called selective attention. You're choosing to focus on one thing, and when you speak it out loud, you have way more success in doing that. Could we have missed one of the most essential disciplines, like the broadside of a barn? Yes. Yeah, and then, I think we did. And the Moody Bible Commentary alludes to it. It's saying, when it says a growing consensus of Hebrew scholars consider meditation musing out loud, and it says earlier, a Westerner might think of meditation as something silent in the mind. Boy, boy, we've missed yeah. it here. Ali made a comment earlier, so right on, that might it be a good discipline that we had years ago where everybody stand and read aloud for me the passage that we're yeah. going to be dishing yeah. up today? And how about just personalizing these things? No, no, Satan. I have been crucified with Christ. The pressure's off me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I started just speaking that out loud, sitting in my office the other day. You know what? It gave me great breakthrough. So we've got an assignment for you. Let's do it right now, Allie. Yeah, so your assignment is to really... Consider what area of your life has been a struggle, maybe an ongoing struggle. Could be a sin issue, could be maybe a time management issue. What is that area? And I want your assignment is to go and find a passage of scripture that speaks to whatever it is you're dealing with. And then take the next 24 hours or so and practice this. Practice what we've been talking about, taking the word of God and speaking it out. And then we want to hear from you tomorrow. How's it going? What passage did you pick? How's the first 24 hours of putting this into practice going? So sweet. I did a whole message on this. While I was given the message, I saw it's, it's, it's a fun thing because when you're speaking up front, you see stuff going on. And I see Jim Coakley just flipping back and forth through the word as I'm going off on this thing. He's a professor here, one of our frequent flyers yeah. on the show, and then also an elder at your church. Yeah, elder 180. And uh, he comes up to me afterwards, and he put a hand on my shoulder. He goes, you nailed it. He goes, we've missed this like the broadside of mm. a barn. And here's all I'm saying. Could it be, forget the fact that I nailed it. That's not. That's neither here nor there. I just happened to stumble along reading this thing and doing a word study on it. And I was doing a double take on this, as you can imagine, right, Allie? I'm oh, yeah. going, what? Oh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Meditation means more than thinking. It means speaking audibly, doing battle with Satan by speaking the word of God. You want a resource? We got it for you right now. Just text the word speak to 312 274 Nine six two four. This is going to take you to the message that Carl preached on this a couple of weeks ago. Just text "speak" to three one two two seven four nine six two four. Grow up in your faith, Don Carl and Crew mornings. Want to introduce a special guest to you, Dr. Bill Thrasher is joining us right now. He oversees the master's program in spiritual formation and discipleship here at Moody Bible Institute. He's also an author. 
He wrote a book called A Journey to Victorious Praying, Finding Discipline and Delight in Your Prayer Life. Dr. Thrasher, thanks for being on with us. I know I've I've heard your story, but I would love for you to share it with our listeners of when the Lord really put on your heart to ignite a life of prayer. There was a moment when you were in college. You know, that's that's exactly right. And um, and it's been a progressive thing. You know, I, I would say a, a moment even past college, you know, um, uh, yes, I, it was in college that I had a prayer meeting in my room each night. I had a prayer meeting in my room each night. And as I was going through six years of graduate school and when I came here to uh, Moody, uh, I came in 1980. And I know that's before some of our listeners were born. And I remember a, a prayer meeting that uh, I had come out of. It was uh, these two godly men were calling people uh, to prayer from our community. And it was five Saturday mornings. And um it was held a little bit about a mile from the apartment I lived in at that time. And I was walking back from that prayer meeting because uh, I walked there just to be alert. And it was a wonderful morning of communion with God. But as I walked by church, this thought came to mind. Uh, now, when thought comes to mind, that may be the Lord. It may not be. It may be the devil. It may be bad pizza the night before. But this thought came to mind. Would you like to have a ministry in that church? And before I could even think of a response, this thought came you know, you can have a ministry in that church. You can have a ministry in anybody's church if you're willing to allow me to teach you to pray. Now, I believe that's not just unique to me. And that would be the first thing I would say is, um, are you willing to let God convince you of the importance of prayer? I remember uh, Graham Scroggie, a uh, name of the past, but he said that to take time out of service and to put into prayer is a good investment. To take time out of prayer and to put into service is a bad investment. Now, I think if you stare at that, I think you first have to come say, God, I don't believe that. And I think you'll get further because that's my, my, at least my lifestyle doesn't, doesn't say that I believe that. Andrew Murray said, you know, the goal is not to work much and pray enough to keep the work right, but to pray much and work enough that the blessings of God obtained in prayer, we can realize that. Now, uh, God will work with us who we are, and but let him convince you that prayer is how God works. Prayer is his idea. He's the one who says, keep on asking, keep on praying, keep on uh, seeking me. And uh, so it, it's not our idea. It's not a human idea. God is the God up there who does desire to bless. That's the very heart of God. That's what transformed my life in seminary when I began to see God in a different way. I didn't see him through the glasses of a, of a conscience that wasn't clear, but I saw him through the glasses of Christ. God is kind to evil and ungrateful men, Luke 6, 35. When I saw a kind God, a God who yearned to bless me, I think I pictured God sort of, he was, he wanted to bless me, but he was reluctant to do so. And I understood the reluctance. If I knew everything about me, I'd be reluctant too. <laughs> um, but you know, God yearns to bless. God yearns to bless. You know, when I, when our Lord looked out at the multitudes uh, and he saw them with compassion, and he wanted something to happen. He turned to his disciples. He could have told them anything. But he says he wanted to put that burden upon them. Look, the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. And pray that the Lord would send labors in the harvest. Jesus wanted something to happen. But he knew how heaven worked. <laughs> that is how God chooses to work. You know, the, uh, the Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, when God says, You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourself. Give me no rest until I do what I promised would do. 
So let God convince your heart, and I'm praying that for myself in a deeper and deeper way. Convince your heart of the importance of prayer. God will work with us where we are. I love Um, that. We who work uh, at the Moody Bible Institute, we have a visible reminder as God has entrusted us this school and this land that we minister, we broadcast from all over the world. There was one day D.L. Moody who came to the Chicago just to make money. God converted him, and he reached a real surrender of his life to the Lord. There was one day he was walking down the street, and he knelt down in prayer, God, give me this land for my school. You know, I live in the midst of answered prayer there as I come to Moody each day as you come to Moody. And uh, God so uses your spirit-anointed radio program that I rejoice in, and many, many others do too. But, uh, you know, God works through prayer. Now, what does God want to lay on our heart? And what does God want us to believe in for? That's the posture we carry about us as we walk about and do our daily lives. Yeah. At its most basic level, Dr. Bill Thrasher, our guest right now, why do we pray? I mean, I think we've become conditioned to viewing prayer as a way to get a need met. When you see, mm-hmm. see somebody has a crisis, there's often people from all different back- backgrounds who will offer up thoughts and prayers. Sure. But sure. it's more than that. Give us kind of a, just a, an, a better understanding of why we even pray in the first place. It has to come down to the idea of relationship. Now, but wherever we are in regard to that, but life itself is a relationship with God. Life without a relationship with God is a living death. Separation of God is called death. When a person becomes a Christian, this is eternal life. They may know God and, and know God uh, and Jesus Christ whom He sent. So it's that brings us into relationship with God. Now it's a relationship. Also, let me say this: your view of God will have an incredible impact upon your prayer life. Do you or anybody I would be talking to? Do you really want to what divulge the innermost secrets of your life to, to somebody you don't really think cares? No, you don't. Right. And um, and so neither do I, neither does anybody else. And so really it's coming. Okay, God loves me in a way no one else does. God has perfect power in a way no one else does. God is the one who's pledged if I put my ultimate trust in him, he will never ultimately disappoint me. God wants you to know him in a way he wins your heart to him. When he wins your heart to him, one of the ways you delight in a person, you delight in their conversation. And, it's, yes. and if you really delight in a person, it's not to be a one-way conversation. It's also one who would never speak. It's hard to have a good relationship with them. But God speaks. God wants to speak to you in regard to the concerns of your heart. God wants you to pour out your heart to him. So it really does boil down to that relationship of seeing that that is life itself. Yes. Um, that is the most important thing. Now, wherever we are on the pendulum swing, you know, God works with us progressively. I rejoice in the baby steps that I make along the way. But it is a relationship. That, that, that's life. That gives meaning to everything. Yeah. Dr. Bill Thrasher with us right now. Coming up, three principles that the Lord has given him for finding discipline and delight in a prayer life. That's coming up. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Dr. Bill Thrasher, our guest this morning, he wrote a book, A Journey to Victorious Praying, Finding Discipline and Delight in Your Prayer Life. Dr. Thrasher, the Lord has given you three principles when it comes to prayer. One of them you've already hit on, which is asking God to convince you. Uh, talk about the other the other two. Yeah, asking God to convince you of the importance of prayer. You know, we come to God saying, God, I'm, I'm willing for you to lay on my heart that you really show me this is how you work. This is how you work. You work through prayer. 
but secondly is ask God to develop in your life the discipline of prayer. God says, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, Colossians 4.2. Now, here, here's the encouraging thing I want to say to people. It's this discipline, and I'll give a third point that also relates to this idea of discipline, but the second, ask God to, to develop the discipline in your life. It's not just up to you to do that. Uh, you see, God is conforming you to the image of Christ. Uh, if you know Jesus, God's word says he's ruling and overruling every event under heaven to working it together for good for your purpose. And the good he describes is what? Romans eight twenty nine to conform you to the image of Christ. Now, one aspect of the image of Christ is Christ's prayer life. <laughs> you know, sometimes we make that concept of the conformity of the image of Christ so nonspecific or so theoretical, it basically is almost meaningless. Mm -hmm. But Jesus he prayed before the important events and decisions of his yes. life. Now, that's okay. Remember, he spent a night in prayer before he chose his disciples. But secondly, it's not as intuitive. He prayed after the significant achievements of his life. Hmm. You see that every time he, after every gospel, all four of record the feeding of 5,000, and then he retreats to pray. Thirdly, he prays when life is unusually busy. Uh, the busiest recorded day in our Lord's life is recorded in Mark 1. And at the end of that day is where you read the, the context means a lot. He says there in Mark 135, he went, uh, got up a great while before day and went to a lonely place and was praying there. And the word praying there is spoken not just necessarily for intercession for others, but for the outpouring of his own soul to find refreshment with his heavenly father. And this helped me in regard to praying in busy times. I know in busy times, no one wants another thing to have to put on your to-do list. <laughs> right. But it's this, you don't spend, you, you don't spend time with God, you invest time. Sometimes the greatest time saver of your day can be time you invest with God in this sense. I, I mean, time became very important to me when I was a college student. I Man, I really want to use time. I read time management books and everything else. So much so that I went to a state university, but I went to the chairman of the Department of Management and said, can I do an independent study on time management? He said, yeah. Wow. He said, well, I said, I'd like to do it from a Christian perspective. That's one of the uh, many things I learned, but one of the things is there in regard from a Christian perspective, spending time with God is investing time with him. You see, I get up, and I don't think I'm that unusual, and I can gravitate to something. It may not matter if it got done or not. <laughs> So inside of our wedding rings is the scripture reference, Philippians 1, 9 through 11. I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent. Put your stamp of approval or your choice. See, if that's inside of a scripturated prayer, oh, God, what's the best way for me to express my love for you and others? If that's inside of a scripturated prayer, I'm not supposed to be wise enough to figure that out. Yes. Um, I need help. Also, even if you're doing what God wants you to do, when you in prayer, when you've cast the burden of that upon the Lord, you work more efficiently. And I spend time now in my life, especially to say, God, deliver me out of things that are not of you. Deliver me out of ministries that are not don't have your name on, on it for me. See, that, that's just a pattern of prayer in the Lord's life. God is ruling and overruling all the events in your life to build this pattern in your life. Also, this and this is probably this next principle you see in our Lord's life, probably driven me, is when Jesus was overwhelmed with need, he used that to what? Encourage prayer when he saw the multitudes. Sometimes I used I can just used to get paralyzed when I see so many needs. And I feel like I needed to run like a chicken with its head cut off in so many different directions at once. And, right. and how do you process those needs? It's almost, okay, God, I just need to become indifferent. And that's not the answer. But he said, okay, when you see a need, say, Lord, 
send a laborer into that harvest field. Now, when you pray that, I need to be willing to go, but I can't go in three directions at once. So that is such a help. So God is seeking to work that discipline in your life. I remember a very seasoned, storied pastor. I spent three Saturday mornings with a small group of people with him, and he was sort of telling the secrets of his life. And one of the things he said, he says, at the first of the year, I take out a, a calendar as I plan my year. I put first, I put all over that calendar, appointment with God appointment with God, appointment with God. Then I start taking all the other appointments and demands. Mm. He says, if I didn't put those there first, that they would time never get on there. would easily get grabbed up by other things. Dr. Bill Thrasher, hey. our guest this morning. Thank you so much for this has been very rich. The book again, A Journey to Victorious Praying, Finding Discipline and Delight in Your Prayer Life. Thank you for being with us this morning. My delight. And thank you for your ministry day after day. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.